Hi, my name is Hans Peter Meyer, and I'm the host of the Men's Work Podcast, where you'll find interviews with men and with women. You'll find yoga classes, you'll find reflections, you'll find a lot of material to hopefully help you move through the tests that life has handed you end of marriage, loss of job, marital relationship stress, fatherhood, just being overwhelmed. It's a lot. So listen, if you need to talk, I've got no charge mini coaching sessions at menswork.ca. Enjoy the show. Hi, my name is Hans Peter Meyer. It is the, we're just coming out of the darkest days of the year, which is a great time for today's topic. Um, this is a co-ed conversation as part of the men's work series of conversations. So today I'm joined by Sarah Anderson. And we're going to be talking about something that I actually started when it was just a really vague idea, this idea of the sacred womb. And I'll talk more about that in a few minutes, what I mean by that. But we're going to be talking about basically men, women, sex, and all the things that that may come out of that. Um, if you're listening to this on the podcast, uh, this is part of a series of conversations that I have with interesting people that I come across in my work, and and I'm really grateful for all of them that are that are that that, that come here, and I'm really grateful that Sarah's here. And we're going to start um, today. I'm not going to do an introduction to Sarah and I'm and Sarah, you don't have to. It's a kind of interesting, the whole idea of introductions. I, I heard somebody talk about the, the North American compulsion to do the elevator pitch and has as someone who was involved in entrepreneur development and marketing for so long. I'm thinking that the less marketing I do and the less that I just, am who I am, the happier I am. So uh, that's not to say that people shouldn't do elevator pitches if they want to. You're, you're welcome to do that. I'm just saying if you don't want to, and if you just want to um, be in your zone, that you're welcome to do that. But I'm going to hand it over to you, and you're going to do something with us for a, little, for a few minutes. Awesome. Thanks, Hans. Yeah, I find it... Um... I've always find it, found it hard to find what words to use for myself anyway. And if I find some sort of category, it feels pigeonholy. So I'm a complex human, always changing. And I don't need to explain. <laughs> so let's all just find a comfortable seat wherever you are and just settle back actually 5% more into the chair. Really feel the chair receiving you and you receiving the chair or floor or, or wherever you're sitting or standing. And you're welcome to close your eyes if you haven't already. Feel free to bring your right hand, your right palm to your heart and your left hand to your belly or your womb space, either physically or etherically. And you can take an inhale into this right palm in your heart. Exhale down into your belly, the womb space. And inhale through your nose. On the next exhale, you're welcome to breathe out of your mouth. 
down into that womb space and one more like that inhale into your heart maybe with more sound <sighs> into the womb and beautiful then just come back to breath in and out of your nose just normally Connecting with your heart and your belly. And before we move on to a beautiful toning practice, let's just envelop our whole body with this sense of a nice warm cocoon. The sense that you're in a pink, gooey place. And we all start from the womb. And you can imagine yourself going back there or either enveloping where you are right now in your life. Feeling warmth, feeling pressure, feeling your mother's heartbeat, maybe her words. And the softness, the light through the dark closed lids. An entire universe in the womb an entire universe that is you. And maybe this isn't a pleasant place for you. So just sit with those feelings and emotions, breathe through it. Try to find some warmth and comfort. Maybe you're enveloping yourself in your own womb, your own safe space. And feeling comfortable, warm, protected. You can bring your hands in the shape of a triangle so your thumbs come together and your pointer fingers come together. And you can put that triangle shape over your belly button, over the sacral chakra or the um, physical or energetic womb space. And we'll tone three times with the seed sound VAM. That's V-A-M. We try to make every um, letter as long as the last. So we'll inhale. Again, inhale. One last one. Mm -hmm. 
and come back to your normal breath in and out through your nose, just noticing any sensations, feelings, colors, images. And gently we can let this womb that we're in, this pink cocoon, gently melt down into the earth, going into the earth, mother, great mother who's always there to support us, nurture us. Let that run up down your feet into the earth, feeling grounded and connected. Letting your breath go there as well. And when you're ready, gently coming back into the space, into your body. Opening your eyes. Thank you. So I may have said, and if any of you are reading uh, Apprenticeship to Love chapters that I'm writing on a daily basis almost, I have taken a break over this dark time, but I am, um, and when Sarah and I were talking about doing this as a, what dates to choose, we actually chose a, a date. In, in December, right at the darkest time of the year. Uh, it's a, for me, it's a great time to talk about this idea of the sacred womb. So let me just um, start talking about it. It was a conversation, I can't remember who it was with, uh, six or eight months ago. And it had to do with uh, fatherhood, actually. And I commented on how or I made some kind of flip comment about my um, so I've got four kids, two of them with my first wife and two step kids with my second wife. And um, and I, I said, as difficult as my wife's birth process was, perhaps the most difficult part of that process was giving birth to me as a father. And maybe there are men around who are more tuned in. Um, certainly there are more, there are men who are more tuned in than I was, but it was a frightening experience for me to to, to become a father. It was not frightening to me, on the other hand, to have sex. And, you know, it's one of these really interesting things that we have this wonderful disconnect in this age of um, the technology of birth control that we are, certainly I was for most of my life, really just dis- those things did not, they didn't come together. Sex and, and um, 
in childbirth, creation of a child was not, they were not necessarily connected. And I think um, now, I think that that's, we've lost something there. Like there's, uh, I think we've, to put it baldly, I think we've cheapened our sexuality and and the way we treat childbirth generally in this culture is uh, it's not a sacred act or it's not a sacred undertaking or and I guess I'm, I guess you know in in my in the work that I do particularly with men and in the work that I do with myself it's opening myself up to that there's a whole experience of 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 existence that that I would call the sacred that I have been in denial about for almost all of my life. So I'm not sure how I got to talking with Sarah about this idea of the sacred womb, because I, where I went to with this thought about, you know, that <laughs> having, having sex with my wife led to having this, these children and that that's become this incredibly amazing experience. I mean, even my children are now, one of them is having children but I still, it, it's it's still connected to this 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 kind of magical thing that happens when not only when we have like physically have penetrative sex, but just being around women's feminine identified women's energy changes us as men. I mean, I see this all the time, and if if you're you know, if, if you're a man and you're not aware of how your behavior and how your thoughts change when you are around women who are feminine identified, and that's really important. If we're around women who are masculine identified, there's less of that experience. But even so, there's something, and I don't, I don't know how to describe it except in terms of like this, this feminine energy we're around and it's almost magical and it's hard to explain, but stuff happens. And whether a woman actually bears children or not, she's always in the process of like for a big chunk of your lives, you're in this process of going, preparing for birth. And you're actually going through your body goes through things that, that as men, we're only dimly aware of, I mean, our awareness extends to like, oh, like this person who I, who was really happy yesterday is now angry or is depressed or, and I have no clue what to do. I don't understand it. And I'm mostly just getting out of the way. And to me, that's the, there's, there's a whole lot there that I would consider sacred if we, if I, bother to take the time to sit with it so that's a lot of words um but i'm going to invite you sarah to give me your words and your thoughts about the sacred womb conversation that we started some months ago and maybe you have thought more about it maybe you haven't i don't know it's been on my mind a lot yeah the sacred womb i know when we chatted last i was pregnant still and um, that was really special with my first, and that was a huge transition phase for me. And um, it was really interesting because my background was in Tantra and yoga, and um, 
moving into pregnancy, I felt like it was the most tantric thing I'd ever done. But it was also because I really embraced the feminine and I really did approach pregnancy and birth as a sacred act. Um, unlike the the common, I suppose, Western way of approaching it. Um, in that the womb is very sacred. The 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 any child being um conceived there is its own universe it's just absolutely magical and phenomenal to think that this that a, a, a full-grown human being starts out as absolutely the smallest thing and then it grows and grows and grows in, in the mother's womb and it's the, it oh it still boggles my mind it always boggles my mind how how amazing and perfect these creatures that we are um and we grow inside of a tummy <laughs> inside of the womb um, and just speaking to what you were touching on, Hans, of, of every woman, whether whether she becomes a uh, mother or not, um, I mean, most women become um, into their menzies or bleeding in preteens, 12 or 13, and continue this life-death cycle every month until they're 40, 50, 60 that's a long time for every woman to have this life death cycle of um, an egg being released to maybe create life. And if it doesn't being shed away from the body, going through a death cycle, and then the same thing happens month after month after month. And um, yeah, it's phenomenal to have that kind of power. <laughs> if, if a woman can tap into it or even a man uh, with her, um, to to follow that journey and that cycle yeah so tell me about so when we did talk you know and i'm pretty sure i gave you the story about you know my my wife giving birth to me as a father when when you were when you were pregnant and and you know from everything you've told me it sounds like your husband was far more present and aware than, than I was in those days. But can you talk a little bit about how you experienced his transformation? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's phenomenal because at least for me, giving birth wasn't just giving birth to a child. It was giving birth to me as a mother, which was a huge transition that took months if not years and um and giving birth to a father too of of all of a sudden there's this this human that is his and uh it was phenomenal to to witness and and to be part of he was he was very present for the whole pregnancy um he very much wanted to become a father we did it intentionally and consciously and he was very supportive in the the labor and birth itself um which was amazing and then people were asking me like the week after like oh you must love your child your newborn baby so much and I was like actually I'm overwhelmed with love for my husband like I'm overwhelmed for for love for this man who's now the father of my child and it was so incredible to feel all of these emotions of course a woman who gives birth has a million um hormone cocktails going on in her body 
but it was really nice to feel that bonding and connection and um I mean right from the beginning he seemed like a phenomenal father and for sure there's times where we're both still learning at parenthood and um for him to learn okay yeah he's still getting birthed and raised as a father too sometimes of of making mistakes and coming back to the path well as someone who's who walked that initial steps many many years ago i'll just say that it's it never ends um you know like as long as you're engaged with your even you know i I've, I've been with in groups with men who have not been with their children for lots of reasons um sometimes by choice sometimes you know not choice and they're still going through that 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 process and i think this is one of the and i don't want to focus on just you know, uh, giving birth to children and becoming fathers and all that stuff. But that, you know, for a lot of us, that's, that's a, a huge experience. And, and I think we deny it. I think, I mean, I, it's less so now than it was when I first became a father. In fact, when I first became a father, the resources for, you know, conscious fathering, for lack of a better word, seemed almost non-existent you know i was lucky i where i lived there were you know there were men who were a little bit more open and out there i guess and and i happened to have you know some guys i could talk to but still we had no we were really just kind of wandering in the dark and 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 this theme of dark i want to keep going back to us the exercise you gave us to begin with, which was interesting, you had us in a pink space. Now I'm imagining that for the child inside, you know, in, in utero, they're actually experiencing that pinkness because there's, there's only just this, these several membranes between them and the, and the light. But for us as men, your womb is a dark place. And most of us really only want to know it as a source of pleasure. And, and of our pleasure primarily. In fact, almost everything we do is, you know, we'll, we'll do lots of things that might be oriented towards your pleasure, but in the end, I mean, we our end game is our pleasure. Uh, you know, like that, I'm describing myself, but I'm describing pretty much every man I've ever spoken to. And it's changing now, you know, partly because of the work that I'm doing and partly because of where I am in my life. but. That womb space, so you talked about this, you know, like, so from like, possibly as early as 10 years old, a girl could start experiencing the potential for life, and then it's dying on a monthly, or on a very regular basis, but soon monthly. And this is not a benign process, right? I mean, most of, not all of the women I've been around, experience some level of discomfort, disorientation, pain, that as men, we really have no clue about except how it's uncomfortable for us. <clears throat> you know, paying a bit more. And I mean, I was always interested in the women I was with and their processes and stuff, but but even those women, when they shared things, really didn't know a lot. I mean, I remember 
you know, the Boston Women's Health Collective book. I don't know if you know that book, but it was like a, it was this Bible in the, in the mid to late seventies for everything to do with, with women. And, you know, I remember being given it to, you know, by one partner or she gave me her copy and said, read this. (laughs) And, and then I in turn bought it for another partner at one point, because most of us were, and still are wandering around in the dark. This is, there's, there's, there's the physiological aspect of what happens. Basically what happens between your legs and up into your body is, is like, you know, there's this kind of wonderland that, that we as men focus on that's very much surface. And then there's a whole other thing that happens that we don't really want to talk about. And I think like that, I don't don't even know how to use any word except for kind of magical or energetic, but as soon as we get close to that space, it starts to change us. Now, most of us experience that as, well, I want more, as men, we want more access to that thing, but we experience that more access to that thing as being, well, basically I want more ejaculation. Hmm. And I've been thinking that there's actually a whole lot more that goes on, but we're just so focused or on that kind of experience that we don't even notice what's changing us. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of words again, I guess I kind of I get carried away here. Now, <clears throat> without, you know, putting your guy on the, on, on a pedestal or anything like that. One of the things I'm interested in is how has his sexuality and your sexuality and your sexuality together changed before conscious so you consciously chose to have a child so can you speak about and you're a tantric teacher i'm really curious about like how what kind how did you experience changes in your sexual relationship before that conscious conception after the conception and after birth and i mean you may not even be having sex now which is another thing that most of us guys have a hard time with like just this whole idea that (laughs) okay, you know, like the baby's gone, like, let's get back to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Just before I share that, I feel compelled to share that um, you're talking about the the womb and like wanting to be in there in the dark place. And the, the Sanskrit word for womb or vagina or that area is yoni. And yoni in Sanskrit translates to sacred space. So in ancient, ancient times, they knew that, that this was a very sacred place and to treat it as such. Um, but yeah, jumping into uh, what the transition of, of our, our sexuality and sex life has been like, it's been interesting. Um, yeah, so we met very passionately, <laughs> had a lot of great wild uh, encounters together and really enjoyed that. And um, we also had some explosive personality um, clashes <laughs> along with that. So we had to do a lot of work together for a year or two. And and the sex kind of wa- waxed and waned um, during that part, obviously, if you're not if you're if you're sort of at odds or fighting, you're not really maybe wanting to jump into the sack together, or maybe you are, but um, that wasn't my experience. I like to feel safe and nurtured and and um, seen before I actually um, 
receive someone <laughs> in my sacred space. And so, yeah, there were some challenging moments. And then we kind of leveled out into a comfortable um, rhythm before we chose to, to conceive, where it wasn't super passionate, it wasn't super regular anymore. It was more like, okay, we're, we're living together, we're making life work. And then we had beautiful um, lovemaking when we were consciously conceiving. And then I got super sick. Um, I'm one of those people who experience pregnancy <laughs> puking and nauseous right off the bat and for the full nine months. So we had sex a handful of times. Um, in Dan's memory, he does recall me feeling more vivacious sexually, um, maybe during the second trimester where I was less nauseous. Um, and that was fun, but it wasn't like long lovemaking sessions because physically I was large and uncomfortable and like, okay, let's connect and then move on fairly quickly. Um, and the same goes for post-birth. Um, I had a very fast birth, which was lovely, but very hard on my pelvic floor. So I had a lot of physical discomfort for quite a while, um, probably until after three months. And usually the doctors or whomever uh, clear you for sex at six weeks. Um, but phys physically, physiologically, uh, your muscles have not rebounded <laughs> that quickly. Um, some people it's totally fine, but for me, it was very uncomfortable. And energetically, actually, it, it, it was like, it was almost scary to receive him after giving birth. Like I had this physical like withdrawal um, from Dan and he was really wonderful and working with me in it and approaching me gently and softly and, and reminding me like, okay, the last person who was actually in you other than Annabelle, our daughter, of course, was the midwife and to do the cervical checks, um, during labor. And, you know, it's, it's not sexy having a cervical check and it's not comfortable. And it's for me, it was like, oh, this feeling of like, ah, I don't want you in me. And that sort of carried forward um, but through Dan and I talking about that and working through it sexually, we moved it and cleared it and moved on. And then I was able to receive him without discomfort, which was phenomenal. But having a partner who is that sort of aware and able to also help me is, was phenomenal. Um, and once I got more comfortable, once my pelvic floor kind of regained, I didn't, it, what was scary for me is I was very sensitive before birth and post-birth. My whole yoni was a totally different um, landscape. And I had very little sensitivity, very little pleasure. Um, it wasn't maybe until six or nine months post-birth that I started getting that sensitivity back. And that's when I was like, okay, <laughs> we can't have sex again. This can feel good for me again. Um and especially once my period came back, like I have that desire once a month or, you know, several times throughout the month, but especially when I'm ovulating or near ovulating to, um, to get it on. And because we have baby, it's not like, you know, we maybe have a half hour if we're lucky, <laughs> maybe it's only five minutes or 10 minutes. Um, but we, I've been thinking a lot about like, what is sex? And it's not necessarily penetrative. It's not necessarily penis and vagina. It can be cuddling. It can be eye gazing. It can be touching. It can be kissing. 
and can we find that more often if we can't find a long period of time to have penetrative sex? That's kind of where our sex life has been lately. Thank you. Yeah, and I appreciate you, um, you know, being open and, and vulnerable about this stuff. <clears throat> when my um, when my first daughter was born, we were lucky. We were part of a well, we were in a, both my wife and I were in graduate school and we had a circle of other graduate students around us, some of whom were also having children right around that time. What a great thing to do, go to grad school and have babies. <clears throat> anyway, um, because of who my wife was, you know, she was a organizer and researcher and stuff. Um, we did this little thing of like handing out cards and basically writing your top three issues. You know, what are you dealing with now as new parents? And almost, almost all of them that got handed back, like you were not, you didn't consult with your partner about this kind of thing. You just wrote down what your thing was. And so the next time we got together, you know, and then she read it out, you know, the number one thing was basically sex, you know, because again, I, I, for most of us guys, that whole, and thank you, the whole Yoni world, that whole, it's just, is darkness to us, except for our very preliminary explorations in that, in that area. And I still, I mean, I, I still hear guys struggling with, 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 and, you know, there's some awareness that, okay, you know, you, and you put it really well, like your whole landscape was changed. And it was interesting what you said about like your, your, your nerves, uh, all, all of that was rearranged. I mean, if I actually sit and think about it, it all makes sense. But most of the time I wasn't sitting and thinking about it back then. I was just sitting and thinking about, oh, poor me, I'm not getting, the, you know, I'm not getting the sex and I'm not getting the affection. So this is interesting what you talked about, like the other And I guess this, this is something else that I think about when I think about this idea of the sacred womb. It's most of us men are so focused on penetration, absolutely, but, but primarily ejaculation or even her orgasm and not really having much of an idea that for her orgasm is profoundly different than it is for me i mean this this was really recent for me that i started realizing like i was talking to women about sex and i was like wow like you really this is they're they're not the same thing like we should have different words for them you know because what i experience and what you experience most of the time have like almost like they're very very different and i think it goes back to or i guess my my interest in this whole thing is how do I resacralize my own relationship to my body? And that some of that has to do with having a more sacred relationship to, to her body and not just her body. I mean, just the energy, what you, you know, again, the, the, the cycle that she's going through and that she goes through in all parts of her life, like, <clears throat> this is my thoughts on this, is that 
the feminine is about creation and it's not just it's it certainly you know the energy comes from this this what's happening in your body but it's it's part of what the feminine brings into all of our lives it's what my feminine brings into my body but it's what when i'm around feminine identified women one of the things that i love is just this this blossoming this flowing and i love what you said about the feeling of safety you know even with somebody who you were as you said you know like post birth you had this huge love for for this man but that did not mean that your body felt safe to receive him and that they're different things like that, that that they can connect but that there's they're not necessarily the same and again it i go back to like the frustration that i see men particularly younger men having because they don't understand they don't understand what's happening in their own bodies they just know that there's this um frustrated desire and it's frustrated by her often inarticulate just not not being able to receive it's not even about a not wanting it's just not being able to so something about the sacred womb space this dark place most men and women are totally unconscious about this and when i learned it years ago i was just struck like of course of course this makes sense the womb is a, is a container you know it's this sacred space in, in sanskrit this container that contains everything so if you're putting stuff in it consciously or unconsciously it just holds it and absorbs it and keeps it and um so the women can end up physically with endometriosis <laughs> or other other issues or energetically just too full and like you say no room to receive anything and then there's there's practices that one can do to help release that like yoni massage or just consciously working through it but to understand that anytime a man ejaculates physically or energetically um it's he's releasing his self <laughs> his semen and his energy his emotions and if he hasn't um processed his emotions if there's a lot of un unconscious un like repressed emotions they will come out during sexuality it's, it's a huge release of energy right you could probably speak mm -hmm. more to this but but from what i understand um through my tantra training the seat of all the emotions just explodes into the woman and she contains it she takes it and if the woman never releases it if the man never helps her release it then it's there and then you get more and then more and more and more and then what do you think like there's no room anymore like there is there is actually a finite amount of space even though it is a, a whole universe down there <laughs> and um so it's a matter of of the woman being aware of this and being understanding what she's bringing into herself what she's allowing into herself and then how to also energetically clear it or get rid of it but then also for the men to understand what are they sending into her mm. consciously or unconsciously and my teacher talks a lot about if the moment of orgasm i don't know what you think about everyone can think about something different but if you're thinking about something specific that will manifest um 
physically or energetically or go into the woman. So if you're thinking about porn thoughts, that might be a weird energy to send into the woman. <laughs> so one of the quick tricks that my Tantra teacher gave was just uh, visualize the universe, visualize stars, galaxies. It's pretty neutral, pretty expansive, clean energy to move forward. If you want to get more further into it, you can start visualizing things that you want to manifest or, or bring into the world positively, consciously. Um, but first to start the work of clearing out the old and clearing out what you don't want to send into the person um, and doing the work so that that isn't there. Mm. So I'm just going to paraphrase that just for myself to take in a little bit, but also just to underline it, I guess, for the, any men who are listening is before you enter her space, whether you do that, and this is this is where it gets juicy for me, is before you before you enter her, not just physically but energetically, clear your shit up. <laughs> I mean, that's you know, I just think how I stumbled stumbled into again being being a father, but also just stumbled into that space with any woman I was with from the time I was a teenager till, you know, it was so little. There was one, one relationship where I spent a lot, I spent time being conscious and being clean. And that was, it was amazing. Like how just how, how good that was. Uh, and, but I didn't sustain that. You know, and so again, I'm speaking to a lot of men who are and listening to a lot of men who are frustrated because they want basically want more sex, they want more better sex with their partner, and they don't understand why. You know, it was interesting what you said, you know, like you you came together with this man and you know, there's the 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 romance period, and for all of us and every relationship, that's a different length of time but it can be anything from a a few days to if you're lucky it might be you know as it was with me one time you know like three four years but inevitably at least in my observation and my reading there is this i won't call it a day of reckoning though i think about that in these ways it's like if i haven't been consciously attending to this sacred space this this yoni this sacred womb and that doesn't mean just making sure that she gets off before me if i go deeper and start looking at how do i 
I mean, in what I, the words I use now, it's like, how do I be the husbandman to this, this garden? Like, how do I, like, how do I help it go through the seasons that are inevitable? Like there'll be this blossoming, there'll be this fruiting, there'll be this dying, and there'll be this seemingly dead time. All of that's natural. And I think it's a natural part of our relationships, but I haven't been willing to actually be the the husbandman of this space of like of knowing this and then leading this person through this so that I'm not actually adding more stress and more pain. Because if I bring that to our connection, whether that's just sitting across the table having coffee or whether it's going for a walk and holding her hand or trying to hold her hand or going for a drive or entering her body, I'm bringing all that lack of attentiveness. Now that, that, you know, that, that's my personal journey here right now is just like, how do I... How do I become more attentive and more aware and more sensitive to things that I have not wanted to be sensitive to? And I experienced that as a very dark, not not dark in a, well, yeah, it's dark in a scary way because I don't know it. It just seems so, and that's why I'm talking to you. and That's why I'm verbalizing these things that fall out of my mouth. I can also share what what that looks like for a woman who might be conscious or not about what's happening. Um, just kind of what I was saying about taking in all these men's energies. Um, there was a time when I was younger and single and sleeping with different people, having lots of sex. And there was a time that I felt, quote unquote, crazy. <laughs> I wasn't as conscious. And I was basically experiencing emotions that weren't mine. I was experiencing stuff that wasn't mine. When I started becoming more aware of it, I was like, oh, this is this person's thing. And this has been stuck in me. And now I have to clear it for him to put it in me, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's the part of that awareness that I would have resisted. But yeah, it makes total sense to me now. Um. There's a teacher who I, um, she does uh, what she calls, uh, she leads a, what's called the no man diet. And I, I'm hoping to have her on as a guest in the, in the coming months, Kendra Kunov. And, and a, a related teacher, um, John Wineland also talks about like doing a no woman diet. I think he picked that up off her. I'm not sure, but certainly she's, she, she, promotes this and or does a lot of work, talk about it and i i think it's fascinating because in this culture so when you're when we're young we're like not only do do our do our bodies want to be i mean sex is fun sex is fun we're attracted to each other we want to play with each other and there's very little certainly in my life there was very little sense of a kind of a sacred place around this although i was never very good at recreational sex i it's always like something was like I wanted something more, but I also wanted lots of the easy stuff. And, and in the yoga that I learned, you know, there was actually a lot of talk about like you, 
to women, you know, the more energy, the more you have sex with men, the more of this energy you're taking in and you need to do stuff to clear it or, but I've never heard anybody describe it as like going crazy. And that's really interesting. I think it's also really interesting how you know, the whole, uh, the rebound relationship um, phenomenon of becoming so, again, it's, it's a, a desacralized view of our own, our own bodies and of each other. And, but that's another path, another thread that we don't need to follow. I suppose I can add that um, I guess a big emotion mm. that can come out is anger. Um, mm. And I personally was very uncomfortable with anger my whole life. And so I was experiencing someone else's anger through my body. And that's when I first clued in. I'm like, this isn't mine because this isn't what I like. This isn't how I process emotions. Um, but it was very confusing for me until I understood what was happening. <laughs> Well, <clears throat> sir, I'm um given what else is kind of stirring in my life right now, you've just given me a lot to um to mull on. It's good, good, good. Um we had talked about you doing a closing practice maybe very similar to what you started with or maybe different i don't know but but the time is yours unless you have things that you want to add here um but i'm kind of i'm kind of full <laughs> <laughs> yeah lots lots that we talked about there's definitely lots we more we could talk about um yeah the sacred womb is is everything it's how we all get here and how we reproduce life but also birth other things into the world and some teachers talk about you know men having the the energetic or etherical womb i don't do that so much um but men obviously have the power to create and work with the womb space energy um through women like you said our conversation before talked a little bit more about like a woman can actually heal a man through her womb you know and and you kind of touched on that with wanting wanting more of it uh consciously or unconsciously knowing that like it just feels good you want more of it but women have the power to heal through you know their their womb this sacred space and that kind of goes back into way ancient practices of of the the priestess and the priestesses would often be sex workers. Um, that wouldn't have been their title, but they heal through their yoni, physically or, or through their hands, you know, through their sexual energy. Um, but anyway, yes, we could talk for, for a long time. We can close unless you have something to add. Well, we're going to close here. You will actually close the show with with this. So you know, whoever, however we end, you can just guide people just to sit in however they are. 
I won't say any words after this, this little bit of closing. I just want to say anybody who's um, listening to this, you'll find Sarah's contact information in the, in the post below. And um, thank you for reminding me about the other things we talked about, Sarah, because I would love to revisit this conversation um, in the coming months. So, mm -hmm. so thank you for being here and, and, uh, and, um, you now it's yours to close. All right. Well, knowing that there's more and there's always more, <laughs> let's uh, find our seat again. And wherever you've transitioned to, let's find just sinking into your seat about 5% more, receiving the support, feeling supported. Maybe closing your eyes if that feels comfortable and safe. Just coming back to your breath. To start with, just notice where your breath is. And can we bring that breath lower down okay, into the pelvis, into the belly? Maybe you want to put your hands on your belly, your sacral chakra, and breathe here. Maybe feeling that orange color. If you have light in front of you and your eyelids are closed, you might see the orange color. Just feel it throughout your body. And we'll just close with one. Vam, as you can, might hear my lovely vocal daughter in the background. <laughs> so inhale. planted on the earth or if you are seated on the earth just receive the earth energy up into your body breathe that grounding nourishing energy up into you great earth mother is always there to support you bring that energy into your heart Open your heart, breathe into your heart. And when you open your eyes, you can lead from your heart into the rest of the day. Thank you, thank you, thank you.